Well, hello. How you doing? I'm so excited. Oh, I just can't believe it. The 100th episode is coming up next week. I have a big surprise for you. Something I've never done. I can't wait for you to listen. But before that, oh, you're going to be blown away by today's guest, Eliza Edge. Oh, I couldn't wait to interview her. What she's done and what she's created, which gives back to the world and is a business she loves. Ooh, ooh, it just gave me tingles all over. It's so creative. I'm not going to spoil it. I can't wait for you to listen. And I wanted to say again, a big, big, big thank you for those people who are subscribing. They're like, yes, Sandy, of course we would subscribe. You just have to ask and I haven't been asking. So I am very grateful to you and for all the listeners who's been with me through all these episodes, ups and downs, but the people have been amazing and their journeys have been amazing. And I know they bring you a piece of the world that you want to live in. So subscribe. I definitely want you to rate me and share it and like it. You know, if you enjoyed the episodes and something that's touched your hearts. So without further ado, I'm going to bring you Eliza. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Florence Belsky Charitable Foundation, which was founded in 2003 by Florence Belsky, a pioneer, attorney, mentor to many, and positive aging activist. The foundation's main programs are First Mondays, Women Who Lunch, and Pick Three, a virtual mentoring program which connects advisors. The foundation has over a 1,000 global advisors of all ages and has hubs in all major U.S. cities, as well as international cities all over the world. The foundation has been developing virtual resources to help people during the current pandemic on its website, www.flowbellangels.org. The latest program is a virtual woman's network called Women Who Lunch 2.0. For more info on that, see www.flowbell.org. Ah, take a deep breath in, people. This is going to be fun. I'm so excited. This guest is going to be crazy with information that you can apply, whoever you are, male, female, teens, old, She's got it going on. She's accomplished a lot. I, I was looking at it, and I thought she must be 100 with all the stuff she's done. But let me tell you about Eliza before we get into it. Eliza Edge is the co-founder and chief rebel of Cahoots, the first ever closed-loop children's clothing subscription. Oh, it's so exciting. I can't wait you to see the website. As a champion of entrepreneurship beyond fashion, Eliza has focused her career on questioning who starts ventures and what business can do to create impact. She has consulted hundreds of under-resourced businesses on marketing and sales, much needed, and is currently an adjunct professor at Bard College where she teaches social entrepreneurship. 
Welcome, Eliza. How are you? Hey, Sandy. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm awesome. I am pumped. When I saw all you were doing and what you went to school for and what you're teaching, I mean, sustainability, I'm all about that. So we'll get into that later, but just so you know, I don't think, I can't even remember the last time I went into a department store and bought something new. <laughs> and everybody that. always compliments me on my clothes, so keep that in mind, you know? I find them. I love it. All right, so, and I wish I had little kids. My son is 17, so I don't know if cahoots would work for him, but we'll talk about that later because he likes, we always, always, we're in the green stores. So you ready for the big question? This is the hugest question ever. <laughs> Give it to me. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm not really. So I always ask my guests when they come on, I love words. If you could give us one word, good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. And everybody says, oh, my God, my emotions are all over the place. There's some that are in the fear base and some in the love base. Doesn't matter. What word would most describe how you felt in the past 30 days? Hmm community that I know that's not really a, a way to describe how I'm feeling but I think that community really encompasses everything that I've been doing and drawing upon to get through these times it's sort of this past 30 days has really been about community okay so who, who is your community yeah so we've been at least for the the business cahoots we've been focusing so much on this Hudson Valley community um, and finding partnerships that are trying to do sustainable business, education. Uh, so there's that aspect of community on a personal level. Uh, you know, I've been participating in Black Lives Matter protests here in Kingston, New York. Um, and, you know, just really tuning into this entrepreneurial ecosystem that is growing in, in the Kingston area and uh, the Hudson, sort of greater Hudson Valley area. Uh, so I've, I've just been so thankful for for having these people who who support us these past you know few months really. You know, I was just saying that I I know there are a lot of people doing some crazy things out there, and I'm like, oh, please, we don't need that now. But where I am, I was saying the same thing. My community, the people, I think have really rose to the occasion. Even when I go and get my takeout, everyone is just seems to step up their game. They're smiling more. They're friendlier. Their customer service is off the charts. Now, I'm not saying that's everywhere, but when I go biking and do all this stuff, people can't wait to wave and say, hi, how are you? And that gives me hope for mankind. I love that. You know, they're trying their best to find the beauty in everything. Yeah, exactly. We all threw on masks and here we are helping one another in a, in a really amazing way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really do. And I know it's not that way everywhere, but I do think there are a lot of great people that, you know, through the thick of it, they figure it out and they do reach out to one another and they do want community. I don't know about you. I'm probably doing one too many Zoom. How about you? <laughs> yes, I'm actually thankful for the fact we're not on Zoom now because there's a lot of video time. Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, most of my podcasts aren't now and then some things warrant it. Like you have to see whatever, like I do some cocktail workouts and all that stuff. But it is nice just to sit back and go, oh, I don't have to wear makeup, right? I don't have to worry about <laughs> what my hair looks. I could have my pajamas on if I want. So it's cool. 
All right. Well, I like that word. I like community. Now, do you feel at all the pressure of trying to figure out your business differently or is it, it doesn't matter to you and what's going on? Oh, definitely. Uh, it Our business has sort of morphed and taken on various angles, you know, marketing angles, communication angles since COVID has hit. I think recently in the past 30 days, it's been interesting and, a, and definitely a struggle to watch uh, this debate whether schools will open or not. And yeah. we'll ki- basically for us, it means, you know, for people who style outfits for children, the big question is, do kids need pajamas to be at home with or do they need cute outfits for school? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, when COVID first hit, there were all these families who were getting out of Manhattan or Brooklyn or just New York City in general and and trying to quarantine elsewhere. And so they needed outfits quickly for a couple of months. So that that aspect, I think we kind of came in, we're able to facilitate that. Um, But when it comes to schools opening, kids just don't really need clothing uh, if they're not going to be in a classroom. Ah, yes. Yeah, I didn't think I... I, I wasn't even going there because I'm thinking kids definitely need clothes, you know, but maybe not as many, you know, mm-hmm. not as many. But if they are purchasing, wouldn't it be more likely they purchase through you versus buying brand new? Oh, yeah. So, you know, one side is that it doesn't make sense to buy cute clothes for kids. But I think in a lot of ways, COVID, you know, COVID has made our business really valuable in that. It's uh-huh. very convenient. So we get outfits that get shipped to the doors of parents who are now homeschooling and trying to work full time. Um, it's also offers flexibility. So, you know, at any moment you might need to move, you might need to send your kid to school, you might need to drop to have them drop out and be home. And so renting outfits makes sense. Uh, you're not yeah. investing in something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And tell us, we were we were talking earlier before we went on. You de- I call them decorating them, but really, I guess it's fixing them up. Tell us a little bit more about the business, about how when you get it, it's not like you just exchange them, but you, I don't know, they look artsy. I got on, I'm like, I want to wear that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what we call it, we call it artfully mending. And Ooh, it's really okay. it's really what makes us different from, from anything else out there. Basically, all the clothing that we get back, so at the end of the season or when your kid outgrows it, uh, if it need, if it has a stain or maybe a little tear or maybe a larger rip in the knees of pants, it goes through our artful artful repair process, and we make the garments more beautiful, more unique, more special over time. But we're also ensuring that those garments get second, third, fourth lives, and so we're reducing the need to produce new clothing, which of course comes with all of these social and environmental, um, you know, issues. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Okay. How do you come up with the ideas? Do, or do you do them or does somebody else? Are you the artsy person? Uh, so my partner, my business partner does the, the sewing and the mending aspect of it. And that's been a journey itself to figure out how to scale and make that, that process more efficient. However, yeah. I've been learning how to do clothing over dye myself, which is so easy. And it basically is you know, taking garments that have a little stain, throwing them in these beautiful, bright color bins uh, with sort of natural dyes. And the stain is gone and the garment looks, I mean, personally, of course, I'm biased. I think it looks more beautiful afterwards. And that's something that I've been learning to do myself. Yeah. Well, 
I, <laughs> I love buying recycled clothes. I, I was telling you, I, I don't even know the last time I went into a department store. I just love it. And I love what I can find. And it's always like a journey to me. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, what's going to be here? And one of the stores that I frequent, and, and really, I think a lot of it has to do with the manager who has a good eye, right? Like they know what to buy and what not, and they bring it in. Uh, it's called Green Street. And I just love it. But when I go out, all my friends always say, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? I'm like, you guys don't want to hear where I get it because it's used. And they're like, do you mind wearing someone's used jeans? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, wash them. Like, I don't even get that. <laughs> right. Would you care? I mean, you, I'm sure you would buy used jeans, right? Yeah, for me, I've always worn used clothing. So, you know, clothing used to grow up on hand-me-downs. And, and like you, I get so much joy in finding a unique garment in a consignment shop or thrift shop. Uh, so I'm with you. And you know what? When you go out and you match that and you need this and then you go in and that day you walk in and there's the pink jacket to go with that. It just, to me, is much more exciting than going in to a department just for me and buying it off, you know, the rack or on the mannequin. Like I just, I just find it fun and I don't really like to shop. So can you do something for me, Eliza? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll expand soon. I mean, I, I think you're onto something in that like it's, there's, there's this joy and sort of satisfaction that comes with repurposing something, you know, whether you're yeah. fixing something at home or you're upcycling plastic container to be Tupperware it's at least for me, and maybe I'm just a, a big weirdo, but there's something really exciting with finding value in, in or, you know, fixing something. No, you're not a big weirdo. We all should be that way. So call me weird. All right. So I, God, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but I'll make sure I put it in the um, bio stuff. There was a guy that my son, he, he's 17, was watching and he was talking about, it made me so sad, that a lot of the clothes that you think, oh, I'm, I'm taking them to Goodwill, right? So hear me out here. I thought, oh, I don't want to make money on my clothing. You know, you go, you make money, they give you X amount of dollars and you go, okay, great. Now I can use this money for something else. I thought, oh, I want to donate my clothes to people. I don't want to get money for it. So there's some homes that you can go and that's great and you know where they're going and those people need them like women, you know, in shelters and stuff like that. But sometimes if you go to big places like Goodwill, they don't need it all. Yeah. That is, that is the depressing truth about, uh, like, so you think if I Gucci and Louis Vuitton, whatever they were, he was in this landmine showing you think, Hey, I'm taking it. And I'm just not pointing out Goodwill, but to, you know, big places, you know, name that you think I'm donating, but they get so much that they sell it to third world countries and then they end up in a landfill. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, the data out there says that about, I believe it's like 85% of, of clothing ends up going to landfills in the end. Um, what? So all 85? Of, yeah. It's a pretty huge percentage. And, <gasps> okay. <laughs> um, and, and then there is this whole issue about clothing being shipped off in containers to, more developing nations, and then that in turn kind of ruining these these um, economies that once existed there, where there were people sewing clothing, and now they, you know, we're just shipping in all of our donations 
Uh, it's a, I could probably, we could do a whole podcast on this. I mean, the other depressing thing is that people get tax write-offs for donating clothing. And so there's yeah. sort of, a, there's an incentive, you know, for example, the NFL will make thousands of t-shirts for both potential winning teams in the Super Bowl. Um, and then whoever doesn't win the Super Bowl, all of that merchandise is then donated. And then the NFL writes that off. So in a way, we're, we've created incentives for people to just produce uh, more and more. <gasps> I didn't even think of that, like the hats and all that. And then they're garbage. No one wants to wear them. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to have to get to some joy soon because <laughs> so here's the deal. So let's, let's, I know yours is a children line, but us adults out here who, you know, want to be responsible. I wear my clothes as long as possible. I like them. I patch them. I'm good with that. All right, cool. Giving them to shelters where they wear. I'm assuming that's good because they need it. You know what I mean? Those women need it. That's a good place. But what should we do with the rest? Should we go to consignment stores? Is that the best way to do it then versus just donating it? So consignment shops are, you mean what to do with your clothing that you're no longer loving? Yeah. Wearing. Well, yeah, you can't so, get into. I mean, we do, we do gain and lose weight here. <laughs> you know? For sure. So you know how you keep those clothes, and you're like, someday I'm going to get back to when I was 18, and you're like, yeah, that's not happening for men and women. So what do we do? I mean, I try to get what I do first is I let my I do try to do the right thing. I bring my friends in, and I let them pick everything that they want. So that's good, right? And shelters are good. Then what? So shelters are good. I mean, there are there are consignment shops and there are thrift stores that that take clothing, um, you know, depending on how, what if there's any holes or stains in it, you could always down cycle it and drop it off. I think H&M has bins pretty much in every store where they'll take uh, take clothing and then they turn it into various things like uh, wall insulation and whatnot. Um, but honestly, like the, the good that you can do is to be more mindful about how much you are purchasing and consuming, because there really isn't a great place to bring clothing, um, you know. Mm. So, uh, you know, trying new models like renting or um, or, you know, just buying from consignment shops is already a great way to reduce your impact. OK, so by the way, just, so you know, I did stop donating so much going on once I saw that but here just so you know I thought I didn't know that like I wasn't aware I thought I was doing good like oh I'm not you know here's me all hippity dippity oh I didn't make any money off of it and I don't even take the receipts you know like the tax like and here I'm like I sat there and cried I really did like I thought I was doing good then that'll teach me I'm not I didn't do it on purpose but it did change the way I think because just like you said this is a good point I'm thinking if I buy something and it doesn't fit, oh, well, I'll give it to charity. Oh, well, no. You know? Absolutely. Right? And I was thinking, oh, it was only this much money, five bucks, whatever, because if it doesn't fit, I'll, yeah, no, 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 no. So I do like the uh, garage sale things where you can give it to your neighbors. That's cool, right? Then everyone's wearing your clothes. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, all about hand-me-downs for sure. And it, and it's hard. It's hard to be more mindful when there's a sale going for clothing. And, and yeah, you think, oh, it's just $5, whatever. But yeah. but the reality is, you know, yes, there's the whole waste and recycling part and, and what happens to it afterwards. But then there's the whole aspect that actually that shirt 
probably shouldn't cost $5 because somebody sewed it. It was in a factory. It came from cotton. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, it, it's severely underpriced and, <sighs> and that's a major issue in itself. And not to, and I believe there's joy coming for sure, but, um, <laughs> but there's a lot of issues here. No, I'm glad, you know, and it's not making me honestly sad. It's making me aware. Like, I don't want to bury my head in the sand. I want to know. And I want my listeners to know so we can go, oh, I, I wasn't aware of that. You're aware of it and you still want to do it. Great. But I want to be aware of it so that we can change up. So even just the little thing of, like you said, trying to rent clothes and or before you buy it do you really need it right or who else can you give it to like your friends your neighbors before you just get rid of it so i love that all right let's get back to the kids clothes what ages like i, I mean me i'm kind of tiny maybe i could fit into some <laughs> uh well there's there's actually quite a bit of adult uh rental models for you to check out okay. our sizes though are from size 3 to size 8 uh, and the reason we decided to do that is because after speaking with a lot of parents, it seemed like, unfortunately, the way that having a baby works in this world is you get inundated with clothing until your baby's about two years old. There's so many hand-me-downs, grandparents, friends, families just sending you clothing. But then around the age of three, all of those donations and hand-me-downs tend to dry up a little more. Your kid gets a little more picky. And oh. so for now, those are that's the age bracket that we work in. Right. And uh, you were saying that your partner is the one that does most of the sewing, right? How yeah. Could you... Go ahead. Well, just to clarify, uh, we do sewing repair on our end, but we're sourcing clothing from existing brands already. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that must be time consuming though. Definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'm thinking of sitting there putting those fun creative patches onto every freaking thing you send out. I mean, I mean, do you charge? Okay. This is going to be a crazy question, but no. Do you charge for how long it takes to work on the item or no? Just if it's a shirt, it's a shirt. Yeah. So right now we just charge by the outfit. We have three different membership offerings and you know, we're lucky in some sense because parents and families send us back clothing seasonally. So every fall, we'll get all of the shorts and the t-shirts sent back to us. And then there's no rush to get that fixed. We can save them all up and do oh. big, big bulk. So for example, just the other day, I did a big bulk color dye of a hundred shirts, you know, it took me an hour or two, but now those shirts are more beautiful. You can't see the stains, they get a second life. And so there's a lot of power kind of in these, um, you know, processes, economies of scale to use the business term. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What do you do for your clothing? You said you've worn a lot of hand-me-downs, right? Growing up, I got a lot of hand-me-downs and I still have girlfriends that, that send me clothing. Um, I they do? Think they send you clothing? Well, you know, doing clothing swaps or, um, you know, oh. I have friends that say, hey, I have a bag of giveaways. Come by and, and check it out before it goes elsewhere. So I'm trying to think if that's a younger generation thing. Like I've done that and my younger friends who are in their 20s and 30s will come over. My other friends think I've lost my mind. So <laughs> Like, we don't want, I'm like, come on. But if I say it, my younger friends will all come over. I, I, I don't, maybe it's more conditioning. They feel weird. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, the, it's definitely a matter of times changing. There's there's a number of pretty huge uh, resale, re-commerce clothing sites out there. You know, ThreadUp um, is, is a huge one that, you know, probably the next generation, my generation, is, is pretty well exposed to. But you're right. You know, I think that the stigma of secondhand and, and kind of even like vintage or collecting anything that's old is is valued now, maybe more yeah. than it was 40 years ago or so. Yeah, I, I agree. When I used to go out years ago and I would say, oh, where I got it, secondhand, my friends and family would be like, you shouldn't tell people that. I'm like, well, why? Like, I want them to know about it. Like, this is a great outfit and where I got it. Now, I think I'm cool beans. Do you know what I mean? It's different. Like, if I say, you right? are cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before they would be like, oh, you shouldn't tell people that. You know what I mean? Like, don't do not do that. And now it's like, oh, okay, you're cool. So it's like, I think you're right. It is becoming cooler to do it. All right. I'm reading something you sent me over here, and I can't believe it. It says, people wear clothing an average of 150 times before disposing of them. How, how do we know that? Like, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> no, you made it up, right? Um, yeah, there, there's tons of stats. I don't know ex exactly which one that is, but I think it has to do with the sort of the amount of times, I, I, like we wear clothing 10 times. Is that what it, it was? It says people wearing clothing an average of 150 times before disposing of them, some reports say. It is as low as 10 wears for young people. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, ten. so I know. So 10. So, it, you know, a lot of these fast fashion brands, you can see it for you know, not to call out Zara, but but Zara has invented this sort of micro trend so that there's no longer these four seasons. In fact, there's 12, 18, even 20 seasons with new trends and got to have prints. And so by having that, we feel less bad about wearing it 10 times if it's out of fashion um, or, you know, and it's, or it's falling apart because it was made so cheaply in the first place. You're right. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell, but it's, you're right. Like we don't think of it. We're thinking, yeah, it was, it was made inexpensively. It's okay. You know, it's done. That's it. I, that's so right. So, all right. You repair clothing, but you know, you could easily like for adults, I can fix my own stuff up. I have my little sewing kit. It's not that big of a deal. I put fun patches on. I think we all should just say, you know, is it possible to fix this up before getting rid of it? You know, it's not that hard. I mean, I'm I'm not a seamstress, you know. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal, but I also get it. I mean, I'm guilty of having bags in, in the corner of my closet that need a quick mint that, that are, I still love and are still good, but they need, they need something done. And, and it is hard to get that done. And so I guess that's what we're trying to do with cahoots is, is make it easier. We're doing that for yeah. you um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. For the kids. I get it. But like adults, I mean, there's no one fixing our clothing. If that's what I'm saying. So, right. There's nobody you can send your clothing and they fix it. Right. Um, as of now, there's a couple of startups. There's one in, um, in Europe that does it, but yeah, there's not really, we don't do that anymore because most of our clothing is, is too cheap or not worth enough to mend. You know, back in the day we used to inherit our grandmother's dress or our grandfather's suit and we would repair it because it had, it was made really well. Um, and so it was worth doing that. But nowadays, most clothing that people wear 
it's not really worth sewing up because you you know again you bought it for 10 bucks in the first place yeah that's true no trust me if i had little kids i'd be all over this there is no way i would want to keep you're too busy when you have little kids preparing your stuff i would do the same thing i can see myself being like oh my god you just saved my life and the kids being so happy to get the new stuff i mean i would think the kids love it they do love it. I mean, they love getting a little thing mailed to them. Um, and, and all of our outfits are personally styled. So we'll, you know, if you loved cowboys, you'll get some cowboys. It's really, it's fun oh. to see photos of, of parents tagging us as their kid opens up their, you know, curated outfits for them. And and they love patches. In fact, I could see, and when I say, I hate the term patches, because it reminds me of like the iron-on patch my mom used to put on my jeans. But when you, when you see these like, artful repaired garments it would be great if this was the symbol to show that you are on the right side of climate change you're on the right side of doing good and so if we could wear these these tokens these patches as like the badge of honor that's kind of how we would see this aesthetic going forward you know my as soon as i saw this it's I'm, i'm happy about it my son goes mom you know i have a lot of jeans that i want patches put on you think you could do it for me you don't want me to throw those out mom and then he goes but mom do not it's just what you said he goes i don't want you to put the iron ones on i want (laughs) you to sew them on i'm like okay i mean you know it'll look cool i'm sure i can do it right i love that yeah yeah he's like mom i don't want the iron on one i'm like god damn all right i'm it'll be fun i can do that so i want to change it up a little bit you say you help a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs who are struggling is it just in clothing or anything that's sustainability business yeah so before i launched cahoots i i worked and developed a program for a nonprofit, and it was basically a program that offers marketing and sales support to under-resourced entrepreneurs in new york city and you know through developing that program i'd consulted with hundreds of entrepreneurs from food to childcare to uh, software services, entrepreneurs that um, were, were fell below 500% of the federal poverty guideline um, mm. and, and figuring out ways that I could share the, the knowledge of marketing and branding for them to, you know, to build their own platform and, and increase revenue. That sounds like fun. Oh man, it was so fun. I, I love, I mean, like you, I love just talking to people and hearing what they're doing and, and problem solving, finding customers. I mean, nothing excites me more than, than having businesses find new customers and, and really exchanging value on both ends. So I have a question here from a young lady. She doesn't know what she's going to do with her life. So keep that in mind. She's newly out of college. She is very into wanting a business that has something to do with sustainability. How does she get, she said, please ask Eliza, how do I find what's right for me? This is a big question. It's probably something you'd have to talk to her about, but how can I figure out what's right for me, especially now where I'm probably going to be working from home? Hmm. I would say to focus on what are the what are the problems that you see out there? If you care about sustainability, is it the masks, the COVID masks that are all over the ground? Um, or is it something else? Look at these problems. Um, and there are solutions out there that, 
you know, I, I think oftentimes this, this concept of being an entrepreneur or starting a business is, seems so um, out of reach for so many people, but, but really anyone can do it. And so if you're passionate about sustainability, by all means, go out there, run a, run a pilot, find a couple of customers and, um, and see where it takes you. I don't, that's my quick answer. No, I like that. That's a good one. Like, what what resonates with you? Like, what is it out there that you think, hmm, I want to make a difference in that? Let's get back to what you said about the mask on the ground, because I'm not seeing that. Is that an issue? Yeah, um, that's interesting. I feel like now that I've said it, you'll start seeing them everywhere you go out. These disposable masks that are kind of in parking lots and on the streets and filling up garbage cans. It's um it's it definitely become an issue that, at least in the sustainability community, uh, people are starting to talk about. And the solution is wearing cloth ones that you can wash over and over, which is what I wear. Yeah, the solution could be cloth ones, um, for sure, biodegradable ones. I mean, maybe there's not a solution. Um, there could be tons of solutions um, out there, potentially. You're right. I didn't see it. And now I'm going to call you and go, Eliza, I saw it. It's on the ground. You're right. Oh, my God. I'll be picking them up all over the place. Okay. So next question. Here we go. I want to start a business. This is the, fun this is the funniest one, but I have to ask you. I want to start a business with my girlfriend. I don't know why they're asking you this. We both work from home. Would you, this is like a Dear Abby one, I think, but I'm going to throw it out there. Would you recommend us working together and living together? No, no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they're asking you this, but I have to ask. We'll call them Billy Bob and Susie. I love these questions, uh, by the way. <laughs> they're great. They're great. I wish I had more. I wish, yeah. Um, Dear you know, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there is a real power in working together with somebody you want to start a business with. That being said, I have been a part of many couples. I'm assuming you mean partnership as in uh, romantic partnership. Yes, but, yes, uh, yes. You know, I, I, it's really hard to own a business with your romantic partner. And so make sure you're carving out a lot of space to be alone, to be with other people, invest in therapy. I don't know what else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up when this came over, but I'm like, I agree, you know, because I'm going to just state this. I love, love my husband. He's awesome, but there's no way we could work together. You know what I mean? Even when I've helped him a little bit, he's a lawyer and he had to work from home. And so he couldn't get a hold of his paralegal and I was helping with stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, we would kill each other. That doesn't mean we don't love each other and we get along so well living together, but make sure, you know, tr do a trial before you do anything big, right? Do a right. test ground, you know? All right. Eliza. So this young man wants to know where he can look to get help for marketing for a new company he's starting up. Uh, he's doing a fitness online business, a training online business, which I'm sure I know why he wrote me because I'm in the health and wellness area. How can he get help? Obviously, he doesn't have a lot of funds. Where can he go for marketing ideas? Hmm. Well, marketing is so broad. Um, you know, if, if you really wanted to hire someone, there, there are sites out there that you can do, you can get freelance help, but there's tons of platforms and tools out there that make it really easy to have a consistent brand and marketing. Uh, Canva is a free kind of like Photoshop thing where you can create social media images or, or whatever. Um, 
you know, I, I think that for marketing, the basics is having a website, having social media, um, and, and, you know, reaching out to press, reaching out to influencers. And that's all stuff you really can do yourself. You know, a lot of, a lot of the times, of course, you need a strong brand and color consistency and, um, and there, there is that part, but a lot of the marketing is like, you, you just are putting yourself out there. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. When you say reaching out to influencer, what do you mean by that? Cause in my mind, I know what I mean, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah. So maybe in the case of like a fitness, uh, a fitness business, you might reach out to somebody who has a couple thousand followers who's really into fitness and might uh, be willing to talk about your service or product or, or whatever they're doing, um, you know, in exchange for something. So basically it's like a, a, a partnership with a person. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Are you doing uh, Cahoots full-time now? You said you teach, but besides that, or do you also freelance in other businesses? Yeah, Cahoots is is my full-time, uh, beyond full-time project for now. <laughs> um, I, I do do, I have done some consulting on the side here and there, but really these days it's, it's all Cahoots. Um, and then, you know, I just teach one course uh, over, at, over at Bard College as well. So is that near you? I don't know where Bard College is. Oh, yeah. So Bard College is, is on the Hudson River, uh, right near Kingston, New York, where I'm from. So what will you be doing? Are you, are you in a classroom coming up, or are you virtual? We are in a classroom. Yeah, there's, it's a small class. There's about 10 students or so, but, but everyone's on campus. Wow. And are, does everyone have to wear a mask? What's the deal? I'm sure masks. Um, I think, to be honest, everyone is still figuring it out as we go. Yeah. But, but yeah, masks, distancing, and um, and I think we'll just take it week by week. Yeah, yeah. So when you say this is like a full time job, that's the thing. Um, you know, I'm glad you said that. Almost anyone who really wants to do it can can be an entrepreneur. Because I had a gentleman on last year that was saying everybody says they want to be an entrepreneur, but only 10% that say that should are really going to make it. And I thought, whoa, I don't know if that's the case. You know, that seems like a very low number, don't you think? Well, it is a low number of people who who are successful in their business. But but that being said, you know, you, you don't have to have a degree, an MBA degree from Harvard to, to start a business. You know, there's so many people out there that have amazing ideas and even more have an amazing network of people who are willing to support that business. And so that shouldn't be that shouldn't be underestimated um, in terms of what it takes to start a business. OK, yeah, I, I see that, meaning like don't let it stop you because they say, oh, only 10% are extremely successful. You still got to put yourself out there and you never know. Like you said, I know people that didn't even like finish high school and became amazing entrepreneurs, you know? So if you really are passionate about it and you can figure out how to make a living, I, I had a young man, he's writing in and he said that he worked full time until he could afford to do his own business full time. You know what I mean? So that he was being able to pay the rent. And I don't have a problem with that. You know, you know, some people say, oh, you have to go all in, but you got to make money too, Eliza, right? You got to pay the bills. 
Oh, of course. I'm not, I'm not recommending to quit your day job and, and go and launch a <laughs> yeah. business, but I, I, you know, if you have an idea, go test it, test yeah. it and see if you can find some customers and, you know, slow. Gr- I feel like we hear all these stories about these crazy companies that are growing so quick, but I don't think there's anything wrong with a little slow growth, testing, refining, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't have to be a rush, but, but what, if you, if you, especially for young people, if you are in a classroom and, or you've always dreamed of having your own venture, just go out and try. You don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to have certain credentials. Um, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's worth a try. Yeah, I agree. What has been the most challenging thing with cahoots? Forget, is it the quarantine stuff or is there something else? Like what has been the most challenging? That's such a good question. Um, a lot, <laughs> but I think, I think the challenging thing for us is to explain in a very short way how, what we are and how it works and why, mm. why families should care. I think we are, obvi- we, there's so much news and there's so much that we, the, we tell people that they should do, right? You should use less energy. You should eat organic. Um, and now we're saying to you, Actually, fashion is, makes up a huge part of your footprint um, and the emissions that you that are associated with your personal consumption. And, and you should care about fashion. It's kind of one more thing that they should care about. And so I think that, like, for us, it's been difficult to articulate and communicate this this urgent need to change consumption when it comes to apparel um, and and doing so in a really succ- a succinct way. Yeah, you're right. Because when I went online, I didn't realize until I started reading through it all that you do. And it's not just a quick answer. Oh, you know, you rent kids clothes. There's so much more to it. And they have to be willing, you know, to take the time to hear you out. But once I read it, I want to shout it from the rooftops. (laughs) Well, thank you. We definitely could use more shouting from rooftops. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, it, 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 there's a lot going on in, in the problem statement. Um, and so, you know, not only is it the inconvenience of shopping for kids' clothing, but but why we started this business and what, what we're so passionate about is, is actually reducing the impact of the apparel industry altogether. Mm. So when you say about the, I was going to ask you the most exciting thing of why you love your business, I think you just answered it. Yeah, I, I, you know, that and, and being a part of, of teaching this next generation a, a new way of consumption and that sharing is good and that new isn't always better. You know, we don't have to always buy the new iPhone. In fact, things that come with a story and come with a past, maybe not so much an iPhone, but clothing, you know, your, grand, <laughs> your grandfather's jacket that was passed down that's really special and that has stories. And so those kinds of things are better than new. Um, and so creating the story and, um, and educating youth families about their impact is, is really what I, I'm excited about. Well, I'm excited for you. And I told you my only downside is I don't have little kids because I definitely am going to spread the word. I want people to use your, first of all, I love the name too. Cahoots is just so cool. And I just think anybody that has kids that can fit into those clothing, there is just no other option. They have to go with you. So that's all I got to say. 
No, they have to. It, and the stuff is so cool looking. Like, you got to see her website. All right, before we go, I got some rapid fire questions. You ready? Great, yes. Okay, number one, favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? Artichokes. What keeps you up at night? Oof. Uh, COVID. Okay. What helps you sleep like a baby? A fan. <laughs> do you, what do you do for movement? Do you exercise at all? I love to run. You're a runner. Okay. Do you have any shows that you watch on Netflix or Hulu or anything? I very rarely watch TV. Uh, but my my favorite show is uh, it's a show called Transparent. Transparent. I never even heard of it. <laughs> it's on Amazon. Amazon Prime. All right, I'm putting it down. Transparent. Do you have a favorite book? That is a great question. Oh man, um, Clothing Poverty is a great one as it relates to this topic. If anyone's oh. interested in in learning more about that, um, it's a good one. Okay. Hobby. Mm, running, canoeing, hiking. I love hiking. Outdoor stuff, huh? Definitely. Okay. Do you have a favorite day? Like if you could say, Sandy, this is what one of my favorite days would look like. What would it look like starting in the morning? Mm, good question. Uh, wake up and have coffee, go get outside for a hike, have a really nice meal with friends and family while we can all hug each other without having socially distanced. <laughs> oh my God, I'm laughing because somebody, I, I'm a hugger and I, my husband and son is like, oh my God, you've got to get more people to hug. We can't take it anymore. <laughs> By the way, we, we had three cats and a dog, and I just wanted something to cuddle. Um, my husband is away for a little bit with his family on vacation. We, wait till he gets home, we got two kittens. We, we got two baby kittens, and they, let, and they let me hug them all. They're only like four weeks old, so they let me hug them all the time. It's so cool. Um, okay, anything, anything at all, Liza, that we didn't get in that you want to say that you want to put out there? Hmm. No, I mean, I, I think I can't think of anything else. I think we covered the, the, the passion, the, the issues, the impact and, and lots of other things. I, I, think, I think we did. I think we got it in. So how can they reach you? I'm happy to, to email, uh, which is probably the easiest way. Uh, my email is Eliza. So E-L-I-Z-A at cahootsco.com. Okay, and if they just want to go on and purchase your clothing, what would they do? They just yeah. go to Cahoots? So go to CahootsCo.com and check out our membership, sign up. Or if you don't have a family, follow us on social media for everything fashion, and um, that would be great. Thank you. Of course. All right, my let's keep it real people you got to spread the word. I know you love it. Subscribe to the podcast. 
you want to share specifically this podcast and rate it and like it and all that good stuff. We got to spread the word. I mean, it opened my mind to things that I didn't, you know, I didn't mean, you know, to, you know, not think about it. You know, sometimes we just go around our business and we forget or we're not aware. But now that we're aware, you got to do something. So let's start with the kids. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.